Zen for the hot and bothered. Sitting in for the most reverend and uncomfortably sweaty in his raiments of polyester, High Priest Terry Brown is his most holy doctoral student of Zen for the hot and bothered and not in good sorts when he's writing an exam and holding it in, the acolyte Carl Mamer. Reading from the Book of the Browbeaten, Chapter 15, Revelations, or my version of the apocalypse is as good a guess as yours. Now it came to pass that God's apostle Kreskin had ventured out into the desert for a week of fasting, praying, and playing solitaire games of Mahjong when he heard a great rushing wind, and there in the sky he saw a wheel rotating within a wheel, in which strange beasts rode within it, and painted on the outer wheel were the cryptic words, Air Venus. Now from within the wheel rotating within a wheel came the angel of the Lord, who staggered around on the ground a bit because he was quite dizzy, and took Kreskin aboard where they took some skin samples and questioned him a bit about where the Romans were hiding all their ground-to-air missiles and where they might be able to find the nearest Peruvian mountaintop because it seems they were supposed to take a right at the pyramids and follow some lines carved into the ground until they came across a herd of cattle that they had to mutilate before they had to get to Washington, D.C. to fly about the Capitol buildings to look for all the Sasquatches they had dropped off there, hoping in earnest that none of them got elected to the Senate. But they could see Kreskin had no idea what they were talking about, and they dropped him off and flew away looking for a young couple named Betty and Barney Hill to confuse a bit. Released from the wheel rotating within a wheel, Kreskin fell to his knees because he was quite dizzy. The new god had given him a prophetic vision, and he wrote a book. And this is what his book said. My name is Kreskin, and the angel of God had come to me and told me to write all of this down and only allow the publisher the rights to the hardcover editions. Before me I saw what looked like to be the Son of God, or else it was a game show host, for he dressed in a smartly tailored double-breasted robe. His eyes burned like a lumberyard located next to the Conklin Carnival, and his voice was deep like the Vatican's debt, and his teeth were large and straight and white like two rows of brand new cream-colored Ford Taurus station wagons. He led me through a door to heaven and said, Come with me, I shall show you what is to come in the future. Or if you really want, you can take the contents of the box on the right and be blissfully ignorant of all that is to come to pass soon. Although soon might be 2,000 years, or I, I don't know, or never, I can't really say. Check, check Hal Lindsay's The Late Great Planet Earth, that, that should tell you. I hesitated not and followed him through the door, although I'm still smarting to this day because I, ju I just know a 48-inch Trinitron TV was under the box. Through the portal, we stood in a strange, vast, and wondrous room the archangels of the Lord were at one end. They cast orbs as dark as night down burnished lanes of the finest timber from Lebanon towards ten pins knocking them down, and then great X's appeared under a frame, and the number of that frame was ten, and under that frame was a number, and it was the number of a man. It was three hundred. But that doesn't mean you should worry about living in houses with the address three hundred, or start a boycott after finding three hundred, hidden in the corporate symbol of your favorite toothpaste manufacturer. Anyway, Derek Angel set all the pins up and started all over again. On the other end, the cherubim and seraphim angels held aloft strange-looking long-neck bottles full of brown nectar, singing the praises of God, calling him less filling tastes great. They milled about the throne of the Lord looking for angels who weren't as yet members of the Republican Party so as they could sign them up. They cast themselves before God, who lives forever and ever, and never gets tired of the same old hymn and prostrating thyself before the omnipotent Lord routine. I saw in the right hand of the one sitting on the throne a great pair of dice, and then I saw a powerful angel 
who told me the dice were sort of Archangel Einstein's idea. And the angel called out in a loud voice, Is there anyone worthy of casting these dice? If so, lady be a luck tonight. But there was no one in heaven or on earth who was worthy, not even Donald Trump despite what he says. All heaven and earth were about to despair when a televangelist came forward, took the dice and rolled them. Immediately, four youths atop rolling boards painted in all manner of wicked devil symbols skated by, taunting me, calling me old fart, and raising their middle finger in the fashion of the Judean people's salute to Nero. The first youth rode atop a white board and bore with him a long sword of great power. Six wires ran the length of it, and whence he strung them against the fretted weapon with little skill, a demon calling itself a power cord was released upon the world to pollute the minds of man with devil-begotten music, making young teenage girls fornicate to its rhythm. This was the first skateboarder of the apocalypse. Then another skateboarder rode by, again calling me an old fart and suggested I should be sent out to sea on an ice floe, and saluted me with his middle finger. This one rode atop a bright red board, but when I looked close, I saw that this was no brazen young man, but a Jezebel of biblical proportions. For it was a young woman dressed as a man, singing songs of equality and the right to vote, and umpire major league games and bear weapons like a man, and saying things like, We shall overcome. And upon the earth fell a plague called Woman's Lib, which battled for entrance beyond the very gates of the house of God, yes, the Rotary Club. And women donned pants and began to earn money, and forevermore the chalice of power to sell your children to the town's elders to pay off your bar tab had passed from the hands of man. The third skateboarder of the apocalypse passed by me. Atop a black board rode a youth so cocky he looked like he was about to ollie his board from the earth to the very seat of God. For this was a youth in search of all knowledge. This was the skateboarder of the apocalypse known as science. Upon the earth he rained ideas that made so much sense that only Bob Probear and those struck ignorant by the word of God escaped the serpent of Eden's talks about evolution and a round earth, and that we're all descendants not of God, but of the very animals that God had given us the power to reign over and harpoon and turn into fur coats and dog food. Yay. Finally, there came a great trembling, and all paused to look upon the terrible fourth skateboarder of the apocalypse. Yes. Even the archangels down at the other end of the bowl and brew of God put down their orbs to look. For this was the skateboarder who made the axe of the first three skateboarders flesh. This skateboarder was called the writer. In his hands he took the evil deeds of the other skateboarders and collected the evil deeds of men and wrote books about them. From the mouth of a demon called the word processor he was able to tell the world that these people were doing something of a positive thing and should be judged relatively. He blasphemed God and the more the good people suggested he should have, has, have had his hands removed and his head held under a rushing stream for the better part of a day, the more the people supported his works. The good people burned his books and forced textbook publishers to water down his disseminations and they even crusaded against the writer's greatest work, a work that paved the way for the beast. Yes, they tried to boycott the sponsors of Married with Children, but the men of God were unable to stop the fourth skateboarder of the apocalypse, and the whole world fell to the power of Satan, and they all watched TV. Now God sent down his one son to fill the TVs of men with vision so awful that the people of the world would flock back to the churches. Upon their screens he hit them with Laverne and Shirley, 
Mysteries Company, Oprah Winfrey, and the likes of Bill Bonds. But the people of the world watched it and enjoyed and demanded more and dug into the earth and ran rivers of programming to their homes, all funneled by wires, and they called this cable TV. People took the Lord's tithe and gave it to their cable companies to get first-run movies and sports and practically nude aerobics. Channels sprung up everywhere. Hundreds of them flowed into houses, and from this arose the many-horned beast with the harlot on his back. Yea, the world fixed their attention on the beast, which was known to them as Guns and Roses, and the harlot who sullied the people's minds by calling herself Madonna and blasphemed God and Pepsi by wearing her bra on the outside of her clothes. And people again took the Lord's tithe and spent it on Satan's Bible known as Records, but then they all threw them all away and rebought the same Bible of Satan except on compact disc. The world now had the ultimate fidelity money could buy, and the princes of Babylon prided themselves that CDs would never go the way of 8-track tapes, going so far as to crucify the makers of the digital audio tape, DATs as they're known in heaven. But then a great cry arose from the people when the armies of the East flooded the world with cheap silicone chips that had permanent read-write capabilities and promised to do away with the cumbersome CDs and the people of the world euthanized themselves and the world ended. And that's the way it's going to be. This has all been my guess at the end of the world, the great apocalypse.